This is Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Welcome to episode seven of Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Uh, we are going to do this kind of a quick podcast today because me, we had a team meeting and I went a little too long speaking. Like 40 minutes. Wasn't that bad? No, it's supposed to end at 5. 5.30. 5.30. It's 4.30 to 5.30. So it's 20 minutes. You thought it was 5? No, no, it was definitely 5.30. It was... It was uh, 4.30 to 5.30. So you came in here nine minutes ago, and it's, it's uh, one minute to six. Yeah, 20 minutes late. <laughs> 21 minutes late. So that's where we're going quick. Um, so the... Okay, Ellie, topic, go ahead. Um, uh, my topic, I'm just talking about network. Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right, so my um, topic, <laughs> uh, office quote of the day. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and um, so I'm just talking about network, not in necessarily a networking sense, although, you know, that network comes from networking. Um, but I've just been thinking about this a lot lately, about how um, very lucky I am via the network that I have had since graduating college and, and what it's done for me. I mean, just really getting opportunities from people when I had not yet earned them. Uh, so, you know, right out of college, I was promoted to manager of the um, cafe that I was working in. Um, I had no management experience. They just took a leap of faith on me. Um, and then a year later, they promoted me to general manager. Again, no experience doing that. Just took, a, like a, I guess, a little less leap of faith because they had seen me manage. But just giving me opportunities that I hadn't learned and and teaching me as I went. Like it was very, very much a learning experience and like a mentorship experience. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that because I think it's really gotten me into positions that I've had since then. Um, and then, you know, when I started working at Friends, I had absolutely no experience working in an office. I had no experience working in housing. I, I knew nothing about it whatsoever. Um, and when I first started there, I was really bad at what, like just didn't know what I was doing. You know, it was fish out of water. And Melissa, my executive director, just really took a leap of faith in me and gave me opportunities despite me sucking at first and not knowing what I was doing. And it's just having people give me opportunities um, that I did not yet deserve and is something you know I, I realize is a privilege that I've had. I'm very lucky that I've had those opportunities because not everyone has people express essentially blind faith in them. Um, and I'm just very grateful for people seeing things in myself that I had not yet seen or even necessarily maybe displayed, just giving me these opportunities and, and letting me grow into them. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. And it's, I guess, on the end of networking and the way I'm talking about that is, I think there are two aspects of that. One being, um, you know, I, I think that is partially luck, just meeting the right people who are willing to invest in me. Um, partially you know, something that, uh, you know, my work or my ethic and in uh, that being, I it will chronically say yes to an opportunity, even if it scares me, even if I'm not sure if I want it, if I have an opportunity, I will take it. Um, and I think that that has been a big boost for me in, in, in being successful. Um, and then also just that looking back now, I really want to give other people opportunities like that. And I really encourage anyone who has an opportunity to give someone a chance when they don't have experience or maybe struggle with it at first um, to really give them the opportunity because having someone see something in yourself and have faith in you when you haven't 
gotten there yet is is such a character building experience um and it's really really driven me to to where i am today and i'm extremely grateful for i mean it's ryan um and gabe at national coffee corps and bagory and canton and potsdam and um then you know melissa fernier and supercard at friends of the north country just i'm extremely grateful for those for those four people i think that i would be in a very different place right now if i didn't have people like that basically looking out for me yeah i i think it's your, your network of people um really is a big deal i i think my network has expanded i always had good people around me meaning like when i was you know i grew up you know with friends and you know kind of you know very supportive um you know and, and um uh was, was a stable household like you know both my parents were around um you know we i would say we were definitely like you know middle class we weren't you know i didn't really have a lot of struggles i um so i grew up very well um in that sense um i was ha- i had a good work ethic like things weren't just given to me um so I did have that instilled to me at a young age, which is something I take a lot of pride in is still being willing to put work in and not just expect something's going to come to me. I'd actually I'd rather work for something than have it come to me. Um, just cause more like it's more satisfying that way. Absolutely. Um, and then my network of people now is probably the best it's ever been. Um, and I think if you ask me in 10 years, I will say the same thing because it should be getting better. You know, I mean, as you, as you get older, you should be kind of finding yourself a little more and real, like think of all the people, you know, we're both, you know, I'm 30, you're not 30, a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit under that. But if think about all the people that you've met, um, not even, I mean, even as like a little kid, maybe you had neighbors or you maybe you had a best friend, or maybe you had people that teachers or people or classmates that were in your life. And then high school and, and then college and then just out of college and like you have moved to a couple spots and you think about all the people in your life, they all come and they all play a role in your life, but it's not necessarily, they might not be there your entire life. Like, you know, typically your family's there your entire life. You know, if you have a good family structure, mom, dad, siblings will be there. Um, you know, if you have a spouse, they'll be there. Grandparents, cousins, um, and even like there's some cousins I don't see that much anymore just because we're now grown. We have families. We live different parts of the country. And, you know, you don't see them like you did when you were a kid. There's classmates now that I, I stay in touch with a couple of them. And there's a lot of classmates I haven't seen since graduation, even though it seems crazy because we're with each other every day for 12 years. Um, then I look at like Kavanaugh Realty. Like now I've started to establish like another family of people here and then from there starting to establish friends and, and stuff, business associates locally in the area. Like, will those people be with me in the next five to 10 or 20 years? I hope so, but I'm realistic that no, it's going to be a totally different crew of characters in 10 years. I hope that there's some really close people that are still with me. Um, but people's lives change. Things go in and out. We've talked about that before. Like things go in and out and they're there for a certain period of time. And you try to soak up and use as much of that energy and help people at that time. And then people, you know, it's kind of like, I had this conversation with Hannah yesterday. We're both trying to drive to California, hypothetically. It's just kind of an analogy. Like, we're both trying to get to California. That's our, California's our goal. Me and her are driving down 87 right now. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, maybe she continues down 87 and I veer off right on I-90. We're both going to get to California. We're just going to take a bunch of different roads. And it could be as simple as, hey, we're still driving. We both take I-90, but then... 
I have to get go to the bathroom and I go off and I exit earlier and hit a couple back roads to get back on. And then she does on another way, but we're still continuing towards our goal, but mm-hmm. maybe we take completely different routes. And that's what life is. You might cross, you might pass, but then people just are figuring out their own stuff. So they'll come and go out of your life. I've had really good friends in my life that are no longer in my life for whatever reason. And it, it just happens. It naturally goes, it ebbs and flows. Um, but I think always trying to focus on who are the best people right now. And some of those people will might leave your life geographically, but they stay in your life because you stay in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they move out, out, you know, maybe you see them every day and they leave the area and now you don't see them every day and you start drifting apart. And that's natural. It doesn't mean nothing's bad between the two of you. Just say that life happens. And, um, the network of people, I just think you should always fine tune that network. Like people will come and go out of your life, but you're really going to latch on to like your best friends. Like I have friends from high school that are still in my life today. I don't see them as much as I did in high school, but I still will see them a couple times a year. Um, you know, people that work here, like our office now is way different than it started 10 years ago when I started here. Like there's, you know, I think the only constants from that was me, my dad and my aunt and everybody else has retired or stopped doing real estate or is new to real estate. And it's awesome. Like I love the group we have now, but it's completely different than 10, 10 years ago. It's not even close. And I think 10 years from now, we'll be saying the same thing. We'll have half the people here. Half the people will be gone. We'll have new people. We'll have, you know, and like, that's just something I expect, but you try to ride the way the best you can. Um, and try to do stuff the best you can for as long as you can, but just knowing that things happen. Um, but I think the having someone there to lean on is important. Um, I think that I look at, I look at my role from, I try to give back to people, meaning I've spent 10 years really learning an industry, Mm -hmm. but then how do I go from, okay, I like, I like challenge. I like working towards something. Well, if my challenge is to be the top agent and I hit that goal, then I'm going to get bored because I'm like, well, I've done it. And if I keep doing it, like that's great and that's awesome and I want to be there, but I'm not challenging myself to the next thing. So now my challenge is how can I give back to agents? And then I've already planned out some stuff down the road. Like a lot of the stuff they have planned out has nothing to do with real estate. Like it's bigger than real estate. It's bigger than Kavanaugh. It's bigger. Like, but that's stuff that I'm working towards now doing things to prep for the future. So I have a long-term vision, but the long-term vision right now is office centric. 10 years, it was me agent centric. Now it's office centric. And then I can see over the next few years, slowly kind of filtering out into those bigger uh, macro goals that I have that, you know, will take people and we'll take a network of people and not necessarily people at Cavanaugh. It will be people at Cavanaugh, but it's going to be a network of people in the area that I'm trying to establish relationships with now because I know I'll need their support or backing or knowledge or whatever going forward. So to me, I'm like a sponge right now. I've always been a sponge, but now I'm a sponge in different things. And because my goals are different than what they were a few years ago, meaning they've built off of, these are building blocks that we're building off of. But I think the network aspect you need people. You can't do everything alone. You can try like hell, but you're not going to, you can only accomplish so much solo. And Mm -hmm. the more people that you can, that can help you, the farther you're going to go along. Um, and like you said, with people like taking a shot on you kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you need those, you need to have those doors open. And I think that's something I've always looked at as I want to try to make 
I want to try to use any doors or opportunities that I've opened to better someone else to give back to that person or, you know, whether it's, you know, and, and I realize this, like if I show up at like a networking event, I remember my first 80 KYP event. I knew really well, probably three people. Um, I knew of a few more people. I didn't know 90 or not 90. I didn't know 70% of the people. But I went to the, that those events and I was like super nervous. And what did I do? I got a drink and I stayed with my like two buddies that I knew the entire time. Didn't talk to anybody. That's normal. That's what people are like. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I want to be the person that's at those events. That now I go to the event and I know eighty to ninety percent of the people. And the people that I don't know, I have a hundred percent confidence. I can just go up to them, talk to them, and try to break the ice because I know they're nervous. But that's a paradigm shift. If I I try to. Uh, but like a 180 from where I was, but I try, I still, I still know where I came from kind of deal. And I want to try to go back to that person who's now that is in the shoes that I was in and try to make their lives a little easier or more comfortable. And that's, that's something I try to focus on. Um, you know, and I think, I think the older generation, sometimes some are very good at that. But I think there's a lot of divide sometimes with people that hit to a certain level and they have no time for people below them. And I'm like, that's, you were at that point at one point and you wanted to grow and get better. And then I think trying to learn, but then also trying to give is what you have to do. So mm-hmm. if you learn from somebody to better yourself, that's good, but you should reciprocate that knowledge down to somebody else to give them a better shot and to help their learning curve be quicker to make, it's kind of like anything else. Like the next generation should be better than our generation, but we should be doing that by trying to make their lives easier or more knowledgeable quicker or help them learn uh, not just say, add, yeah, figure it out and then make them take the same amount of time it took you. It shouldn't take them the same amount of time to hit a certain level because you should be giving them a better roadmap to do it. And you can go that back centuries of how things have gotten quicker and quicker. I don't know. It's kind of a weird analogy, but no, that makes sense. I, I, I definitely think in this area, um, veteran agents for the most part are really, really, at least in my experience so far, um, I, I have had very few bad experiences. I mean, mostly, especially with the older agents, they're really great. They'll call, they'll explain stuff to me. They'll, you know, be like, Oh, I don't know if you've done this before, but this is how, uh, you know, working with, you know, a foreclosure usually works. This is, this is how the, you break this down. Or, you know, I remember, still remember my first offer with, uh, Tom Tucker and, and Tom's the greatest. He's, he's fantastic. Greatest. I, I called him at like 8 PM cause I didn't know what to do. And I was, I was, I was like, Oh, I, I want to submit an offer. And he was like, okay, well, um, go like, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. And then he, you know, he kind of, he just really, and he, he said that, you know, when he talked with his, um, his sellers, he said, you know, this is their first deal. You know, it'd be really cool if we could give that to her. And just really, my experience with other agents has been really fantastic for the most part. I mean, just, uh, really, I, I know maybe it's different in different parts in the country. Um, but it's really not that cutthroat here. Like if you do your job for the most part, everyone's really friendly with each other. Yeah, I would say we have 150 people on our, our board. I would say 90% of them are really good people. Yeah. There's definitely some bad ones oh, for sure, for but that's sure. that's but anything. Like there's people but, in general. Yeah. yeah, but if you talk about agents that want to give back, most of the agents that are very good at helping people that don't know what they're doing are agents that have been doing it for a long time or successful agents because mm-hmm. they don't care. Yep. I find that the ones that are kind of more cutthroat or catty or kind of the ones that you're like you hate <laughs> – that just you hate other people, other realtors, are the ones that are threatened. either lazy, feel threatened, or aren't big producers, and they hate that something that's happened to me. Like there's, 
there's agents that I know don't like me. And I don't think I've ever done anything to, I think I go out of my way to be a very civil agent and try to help people. But some people just don't like me. That's on them, you know, and I just look at it from back to an intent thing. If you do the right thing or make the right decision or act with ethics and stuff, then you're fine. Like I, like I could care less. Do the best you can do. Yeah. And I think like you said, the Tom Tuckers of the world that are phenomenal and I've had other agents and I've had a couple, some brokers are not good. Some brokers are very good about reaching out and lending a hand. And those are the ones that, you know, even though agents, we don't all work at the same office. I look at you as a direct coworker. I look at, we'll use Tom again, a Tom Tucker at Remax as a coworker, not a direct coworker. I don't work with him he's directly hand in hand. He's not in the same hand room, hand. but he's in the same office. But yeah, and yeah. it's it's kind of the one where all these agents are that I work with, I look at them as like, this is like this podcast. I know other agents, they've told me they don't work here. They listen to this podcast. And that's great, and I wish they do. Because if you can get a anything from it and it makes you a better agent that makes our lives easier and that makes yeah. other lives easier and like if you're a bad agent like if you learn how to be a good agent you make all the agent like if we had really <laughs> good agents every deal would go very smooth and we love it and i say that well, and no, i'm gonna always go still, smooth there's, there's a lot more people and buyers but and at least the agents up, would be cool with each yeah, other and yeah. um and there's some great ones like scott tatro is one of my like one of my all-time favorite agents diane rock i mean these are some agents that we deal with here locally that love them like they're just yeah. good professional people they're they solve the problem they're looking out for the interest of the clients they they're not trying to one-up you they're like okay we got two people buyer and seller let's make a deal here let's get a, let's make sure everybody's accomplishing what they want to accomplish and that's what real estate should be not hey let's try to screw that person over or you know get a one-up on that person you're, you're going in with the wrong mindset at that point so um networking's huge and i think yeah like you said whether it be people in the um outside of our office um, from other companies in our office with direct people in our office or even just friends from other industries or even just your family in life. You need that network of people to keep you grounded. Like I'm, I'm a very lucky person in the sense that Gina is an extremely good mom and she takes care of two kids with one on the way and she frees my mind up from the house stuff. So it allows yeah. me to come here and put all my energy into this. So when I go home, she's kind of like the, I kind of call like the CEO of our house. Like yeah, she runs, yeah. yeah, she runs the home base and I, I, you know, contribute to it, but she is way more in control of the stuff at the house that allows yeah. me to come here and be in control of this. And, you know, if I don't have that, it's not happening. And, yeah. you know, so I'm very lucky in that sense. So it's like, you need your network. You need your team of people. I need my, you know, I need my Aaron Benners of the world to rattle off questions to and pick their brains. And I need my friends to call and, you know, FaceTime during the day, my, you know, my Megs and my Ryans and my Jareds and all these people that I can talk to yeah. during the day that allow me just to like have friends and outlets and run ideas by. And even it's just breaking up the monotony of the day. I need that. Yeah. And it's so, no, I agree. Network is important. Um, anything else you want to say on that, Ellie? Cause I said, we'd make this a 10 minute podcast. Yeah, We're at 19. Not. So <laughs> lies um, all on me. No, I'm, I'm uh, I think I'm good. Okay. Office quote, fun fact. Why don't you go first? Um, fun fact of the day. I don't know if it's a fun fact of the day. I rode in the Tesla again today. Second time I've rode in the Tesla and I'm such a big Tesla freak fan that I want to get a Tesla. That's it. So it's not really a fun fact of the day. It's just I've read it twice. I've rode in one twice and I've driven one and it solidified my thought that I really want a Tesla because I think they're great. And I think the idea of being more energy efficient and 
cleaner and all the cool stuff that's with them is better. That's it. That's fun fact of the day. Not really fun. Not really great, but it was a cop out. (laughs) There was a study that showed that when you tell your dog, I love you, its heart rate increases by 42.7%. How fast did the tail wag increase? I, they didn't. I they didn't have that statistic. Right Probably now. more. Probably depends on the dog. Some dogs don't have tails. What about dogs that are neglected by their mom because she has to do real estate and she doesn't get to play with them at night? He's not. He is not neglected. How dare you? You put that. You said that that one time. You sent me a snap and it was like this is his. This is when mom had to come home and do real estate and he was like, oh, yeah. he was like all like mean mugging you on the couch. He, he was sitting, I was sitting on the couch on my laptop and he was sitting at the other end of the couch and I swear to God for 40 minutes straight, side eyeing me. He wasn't looking right at me. He was looking forward and looking at me out of the corner of his eye and just going, just like 40 minutes straight. I'm like, dude, I, chill out. I just played with you. I played with you for 30 minutes. When I got home. We went for a walk. Like I have stuff to do. Just would not look, would not make direct eye contact just out the side of his eye. That, that is literally my kids <laughs> attitude. Yeah. That's, it's like a child. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah. At least I don't have to put mine I, through college. So true. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love my kids, but they, they, uh, they, 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 they're just the ones that like, when you say, my my friend Jared said it best. Like, just go home, put your phone down, completely punt work for whatever, and then get back to it after. And that's like, kids force you to do that. So it's good. It's yeah. a good like mental break from everything else. So, um, all right, episode sixty-seven, Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen.